Welcome back to Humane Tech, my friends. This is episode four, cybersecurity essentials number one, passwords. Passwords are a pain. We need them for computers, websites, apps, pins for ATMs, debit cards, credit cards, our phones. It's impossible to do the right thing by memorizing everything. How do you memorize long, complex, unique passwords for everything? It's just not doable. Passwords are incredibly important. They're not the best protection we have, but they are a first line of defense. When a criminal or a thief or a hacker attempts to break into a website to steal information, usually it's a username and password that is the first line of defense. Usernames are typically pretty easy to deal with because they're usually some part of our name or our email address or both. Passwords then are the thing that we know that they shouldn't know. They're important. If you have a well-formed password, it can be difficult to hack, and it requires time, money, causing thieves to maybe move on. An easy password, such as password or 123456, which are two of the most commonly used passwords still in 2020, are going to be chosen first. They're going to be tried. Hey, can I log in as Jeffrey K with 123456? Nope. Let's try John Doe or Steve Smith or someone else. Maybe they've used password. A good password can cause somebody to move on, fight, and allow you to fight for another day. Passwords are easy to get. You can obtain literally millions of passwords online for free or for sale. Hackers and thieves obtain passwords, sell them, and post them online. You can go online right now and do a search at haveibeenpwned.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Go to that site, type in an email address, and it will come back with a list of sites from which your personal information, often including your username and password, have been stolen and likely are well known by many, many people. It won't show you the passwords, but it'll tell you the sites. Maybe you were part of the Dropbox breach. Maybe LinkedIn. Maybe the password you used for LinkedIn is used for other sites. I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll get there in just a minute. And how are these passwords gotten? Well, usually in data breaches or data leaks. Hear about data breaches, and some of them are leaks and not breaches, and, and I'm going to talk about why there's a difference. A data breach is when somebody's been attacked. Let's say company XYZ Corporation, if that's the name of your company. Um, congratulations, that's an interesting name. Um, it's a made-up name. You own XYZ Corporation, and you put in place lots of fantastic security, but somebody wants that information. Maybe you made them mad. Maybe it's just really interesting. Uh, in the 1980s, there was a movie called War Games, and a kid just wanted to break in and play their games. For whatever reason, somebody wants to get into XYZ Corporation and steal your stuff. So they do. And they use uh, tools and know-how to get around your security, they steal the information, and then 
realizing that it's even more valuable than just having it, they go on the dark web and they sell it. Or maybe they're just mad at you and they post it online and tell people, look, I broke in and I stole this stuff. These things happen almost every day. In 2020, there's been a data breach or a data leak almost every day, or at least that's been reported. So data breaches often happen when there's great security and our information is at risk, including our passwords. In terms of data leaks, data leaks are, uh, they're exhausting to deal with. Companies put information up online and either because they forget to lock things down or they just don't, they expose your information publicly. So you go to a website uh, URL and you can just see information. You can see people's usernames and passwords and social security numbers and what have you. And people steal that and say, well, and maybe I wasn't actually stealing it because you provided it online. So I copied it and I pasted it somewhere else. I put it up on my website or a hacking site or just somewhere where it could be found. It exposes that you had very bad security. Maybe XYZ Corporation did that. Not good, not good. Regardless, whether it's a data breach or a data leak, our passwords are discovered in multiple ways and then misused. Once those passwords are obtained, they're really valuable because a lot of people, maybe you, reuse passwords. Maybe because you know that uh, your company requires your password to be more than eight characters long. It has to have uppercase and lowercase letters and numbers and symbols. So you have this really amazing password. Let's call it uh, donkeygoat23 at, and at is the at sign. Well, that's not a bad password. Donkeygoat38 at, I think it was. Okay, well, I used it once and it worked. Maybe I'll use it on all of these other websites. I'll go to Facebook and I'll use it there. I'll use it at Instagram. I'll use it on TikTok. I'll use it at my bank. I'll use it for downloading drivers for my new printer. And that password gets used maybe a dozen times, maybe 40 times. No big deal. It's a good password, right? Big deal. Huge deal. Stop doing it. Bad, bad, bad. Oh my gosh. And I don't want to make you feel badly. I've done this. I used to have a fantastic password that I used many, many places. And I had all sorts of reasons for it. So maybe there's like a dozen sites that you go to that you don't really care about so much. Maybe it's an online invitation site. Um, I used to have a really weak password at evite.com. Um, other places where I'd buy tickets for like five or six bucks. I'm like, eh, what's the big deal? <laughs> well, the big deal is, let's say Evite has a data breach and that password, that password that you like so well is now available. It's known publicly. It's posted. It's sold from thief to thief, hacker to hacker, person to person. And so that really great password now is going to be tested on many, many sites because we all know you use your passwords in multiple places. So, 
whatever that strong password was, we're going to try it on Facebook and Instagram and Microsoft Office 365 and Google Apps and maybe 50 or 60 other places. And we can do it in less than a second. Try all of these in less than a second because we've got really great password stuffing applications. Password stuffing is taking a password and shoving it into multiple sites as fast as we can to find which ones work. And once we figure out where they work, now we can change your password, change your settings, maybe post as you, maybe go to Twitter and offer uh, Bitcoin to people so we can steal their information. Password reuse is not a great idea. Your password is really important. Once a hacker or thief has some sort of access into your systems, they can try and move around those systems and try and get even more access. Companies sometimes depend on their firewalls too much. You might be, um, let's say you're a front desk employee at a medical clinic. You don't have access to maybe the entire medical record um, in the electronic medical record database, but you've got access to the scheduling piece. If the medical clinic hasn't set things up well, maybe I can log in as you and then make the system believe that I'm a doctor. And now I've got access to all the medical records and I can steal that and I can post them online. This happens. When people test security as penetration testers, that's a title in cybersecurity if you're not aware. It's a very well-paying job if you can get it. You go in and you, you do exactly that. You log in as uh, John Smith, Steve Doe, what have you. Um, person has low-level access. You log into some website inside the company or to another computer, and all of a sudden, oh, you're an administrator on this computer. And as an administrator, you can log into a different system and have even better access and just move up and up and up until all of a sudden you own the system because you have full access to everything. This again happens day after day around the world. So your little password to uh, some office email system that you don't care about so much, your little password has gamed the system and they've gotten full access to the business and maybe you're out of a job now. And I really don't want to scare us all into thinking that this is happening to us every day, but the potential is there. Let's forget all of the passwords, except for two. Learn two passwords, minimum, and forget the rest. Let's have a computer password and a password manager password. And the password manager password is for your password manager software. There's 1Pass, LastPass, KeyPass, and many, many others. Uh, throw out a couple more. Bitwarden, Keeper. All of those require a master password, a password that you don't use anywhere else that's strong. It's complex, long, and unique. And that is the key to getting into the password manager. Plus, you'll use two-factor authentication, but that's next week's podcast. So you get into a password manager. I don't care which one. There are reasons to choose one over another, and I've got classes for that if you want. Um, or you can email me, and I can send you out some more information. But get a password manager, and what it does is it stores all of your usernames and passwords for everything you use. Let's say you're in Office 365 or a Fastmail or a Gmail user, so you have a username and password for your email. Your password manager stores your username 
and your password and the URL, so maybe mail.google.com or office.com. And when you go to that website, the password manager says, hey, I have a username and password for this website. Let me enter it for you. So you don't ever, ever have to type it in again. So it types in the username and the password and you're in and you move on with your life. Doesn't that sound great? That's what I do every single day. I have literally thousands of passwords because I work in IT. I remember a handful of them. Computers, password managers, some encryption keys. But really, you gotta have two to begin. Get a password manager and choose one website. Maybe one that you know that you can reset the password easily. If you're a social media user, maybe one of those sites. We'll talk about Facebook later, but if you've got a Facebook page, go to facebook.com, log in, save your username and your password into the password manager, then change your password and put the new password in the password manager. Ah, and here's something really great. The password manager can create incredibly complex, long, and unique passwords for each site. So if Facebook will allow 30 character passwords, create a 30 character password in your password manager, copy and paste it in, or have it automatically type it in for you, and voila, you have an intensely difficult password for Facebook. And then log in and log out of Facebook a few times over the next couple days and see what it's like. And then start adding your other sites and get all of your passwords to be longer and longer. If you listened to the last episode, episode three, my homework assignment for you was to list out all of the websites and apps and everything that you use that require a password. Pull that list out and work down the list. Check them off one at a time until each and every one of them has a long, complex, unique password, and then you'll be done until next week when we talk about multi-factor authentication, which is also called two-factor authentication, sometimes two-step verification. We'll go through all that. But before we end, once you've got your password manager, know that you need to make sure it's backed up. Know that you're using a good one that's using end-to-end -end encryption. Know that it's zero knowledge so that the company that's providing the password manager, if you're using an online one, cannot access your passwords ever, or use a local app on your laptop or desktop that only you can access. And if you do that, make sure you back things up. And I think backups are what uh, cybersecurity essential number, oh, you can hear me rustling my paper, number three. So two weeks from now, we're gonna talk about backups. And you're gonna make sure that your backups are really, really safe and well done and you're going to include your password manager in your backups. One last thing before we wrap this up. Please don't save your passwords in your web browsers or your operating system. If your web browser says, would you like me to save that password for you? Click no. Better yet, turn off the ability of the web browser to save passwords. We will cover that in a future episode, but until then, stop saving your passwords in your web browser. If you've got them in there right now, Start moving them into your password manager as soon as you've got one and you feel comfortable with it. Then delete your passwords out of the web manager. Sorry, out of the web browser. Also, 
for Mac users, you've got the keychain and you've got Windows Credentials Manager in Windows 10. Stop using those. Don't save your passwords in those areas. Those are key places for hackers to go after you. A fully end-to-end -end encrypted zero-knowledge password manager is the way to go. All right, just to recap, passwords are a pain. They're important. They're pretty easy to get, especially if you reuse them. Hackers and thieves are going to try and get your passwords. They're going to steal them. They're going to reuse your passwords on you to break into whatever they can break into. Hopefully that's not your money, your mortgage account, your rental account, your credit card, your social media, your email. Think of the reputation damage people can do if they can act as if they are you on the internet. That's really what we're trying to protect against, is people acting as you and making your life difficult, stealing your money, stealing your identity, Get your passwords under control. Things will be better. That's it for this episode. Next week, we talk about multi-factor authentication so that your password is not the only piece of defense. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do leave a review and subscribe. If you have questions, concerns, comments, or would like to argue about something, please send me an email at humanetechpodcast at protonmail.com. Again, that's in the show notes. And any questions that come up, I will try to answer in the next podcast episode. So until then, be safe.